Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. Welcome to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. You go to jerseymikes.com slash order now. I'm Tommy Ashley, joined by John Siegley, and we've got Buck Sanders with us. It's only Tuesday. We're missing Mike Ingersoll. We'll get to him later in the week. Duty calls for Mike. But special guest Buck, and not only special guest Buck, Buck, you're actually out in Berkeley, California, already scouting out the landscape for the Carolina game Saturday against Cal. Uh, what's going on out there, man? And Tell us a little bit about your trip thus far. Well, you know, uh Due to Larry Fedora's secrecy rules, I can't really speak on it too much. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm totally undercover out here, uh, dressed incognito in California Bears gear, uh, sneaking around and trying to get info, which I'm funneling back to the uh, Carolina Brain Trust there in Chapel Hill. So um, just, uh, you know, I, I'm keeping a low profile on the down low here, but I am uh, definitely trying to scope out all the information I can get. Uh, in and around the Cal Bears campus here. Nice. So so tell me this, as you've been out there, and we talked a little bit out, off air, and don't want to go into it too much, I will say this to our listeners. Um, if you haven't been to that area, I think Buck will attest to it. You need to go. Uh, Berkeley's a cool area. San Francisco, of course, a great city. But, Buck, you said something that, you know, I think sort of relevant to this podcast and to our listeners about how the students and the folks around campus around berkeley are tell us a little bit about what you've observed in that regard i think it's pretty cool well you know uh one of the things that um you know i i can't speak uh as to whether or not this is true at every college campus and and i know that there's a good number of unc students that wear unc gear you know a unc sweatshirt t-shirt shoes whatever uh, going back and forth to class, um, but but here at Berkeley, you know, you you think about Cal Berkeley being a very intellectual place, and you know, it's very difficult school to get into, and they'd all be brainiacs and nerds. But um, a huge number of the student population that are walking around, they're wearing some sort of Cal gear. They're wearing a sweatshirt that says Cal. They're wearing a sweatshirt that says Berkeley or T-shirt that says Berkeley. Uh, it they just um, they're proud of their school and they're proud that they're going to Cal Berkeley and uh, they let that be known by wearing uh, you know that their uh, that logo and that uh, you know designation you know wearing that brand and uh, they are not in the least ashamed of it at all you know to to be identified with uh with cal berkeley and you know the other thing i would say is that it's extremely friendly place um i I wouldn't expect you know for those carolina fans that are coming out to the game you know arriving later in the week um i I expect it to be a very fan friendly uh, area i think they'll be um, very glad to see any unc fans that show up for the game um so it's a bit, been a very enjoyable experience. We got in Sunday afternoon, um, Mrs. Buck and myself, and uh, we've been enjoying ourselves so far. Mainly this, uh, so far the last few days, we just spent walking around the Berkeley area, and it's just a very cool place, very cool dynamic, and uh, just a very laid-back atmosphere out here. Do you get the sense, Buck, that the student body is kind of looking forward to the game, like – is there that air of anticipation that's starting to settle in? Like, have you overheard people talking about the game or anything along those lines? Uh, you know, I, I would say that um, especially, you know, I don't, I'm not sure why this is, but the uh, fraternities and sororities have a huge presence here at, at uh, Cal Berkeley. And almost every avenue that leads from, uh, you know, the town of Berkeley uh, to the campus is, is just 
the the last mile or mile and a half of every avenue leading that way is chock full of fraternities and sororities and uh, Mrs. Buck and I were out this afternoon walking around and they got balloons up and they got their rush schedule up and uh, people milling around and they seem pretty excited about it. So, yeah, I, I think there's a good bit of excitement uh, on campus about the start of the football season. And um, it, it's just a, you know, a good uh, level of interest, I think, in, uh, you know, the game coming up on Saturday interesting uh, atmosphere out there i know you're having a great time let's sort of dive down into this ball game a little bit and get your thoughts on it we've talked about it a lot gosh we've been doing preseason podcasts now for it seems like four months uh, but buck this is an important game for north carolina and they're going out uh, returning the favor so to speak to a cow they're going to face a cow team that uh, what much better than North Carolina last year, other than on the scoreboard in Chapel Hill? Um, so it's a it's a game for them that they need to win. But North Carolina, I think, probably needs to win this more. Your thoughts on uh, that aspect of this? We we've talked about it. Now we're here. Um, North Carolina will be out there with you later in the week. I think they head out Wednesday or Thursday. Um, you know, your thoughts just overall now that we're right here in the middle of game week, two, three, four days away from the game. Well, I, I certainly think it's, it's interesting that um, with the suspensions that came about as a result of the uh, the shoe salesman that North Carolina you know, had on the uh, roster, that the staff uh, in their negotiations with the NCAA was allowed to stagger uh, those suspensions and, and they chose to put off a great number of those suspensions after this game. Um, uh, Malik Carney, Tamon Fox, both of them got caught up in that uh, situation and both of them are gonna be playing against Cal. And I think that's a, an indication from uh, an acknowledgement even from the football staff and, and uh, even the powers that be at, at UNC that uh, this is a very important game for them. Um, they need to come out here and they need to get off on the right foot. When you go through a three and nine season, you want to, uh, you know, get back into uh, a more positive frame of mind just as quickly as you can. I mean, it's going to even play a factor, you know, down the road for North Carolina in selling tickets. Um, if you come out to California and you win, you, then you go down to East Carolina and you win. Then that first game at, at you know, in, back in Chapel Hill against Central Florida, you're going to be able to sell, put more fannies in the seats because you're two and zero, and and you, that's going to be a lot easier way to sell tickets than if you're one and one, or or zero oh and two, God forbid. But um, you know, so I, I do think that they are. You know, when I say they, I mean the, the people in the Keenan Football Center put a great deal of emphasis on this game, even though it's a non-conference game. Um, and I, I think the way they have handled the suspension thing points that out. And and uh, you think back to you know some previous uh, sort of opening games for the Carolina football program in previous years, and Tommy. Uh, John Siegley may not have any idea what we're talking about, but, uh, you know, uh, North Carolina under Mac Brown came out to, uh, the left coast and, uh, um, played USC 93, 93. Uh, and, uh, you know, nobody was expecting North Carolina to come out with a win. Um, and, you know, North Carolina did, did not have a great year in 92. Um, and they came out here and they, they beat uh, Southern Cal. And that, in some ways, you know, you could point to that game as kind of the turnaround game for the UNC football program under Mac Brown. And, you know, there have been other games similar to that. Um, the, uh, you know, we talked about the Hurricane Fran game, you know, when they went up to Syracuse, non-conference game. And, uh, you know, Syracuse was ranked 
you know, in the top 10, North Carolina came away with a win. And, and that was a huge uh, benchmark for uh, the North Carolina football program. So, you know, even though you think, well, it's a non-conference game, it's, you know, not really going to count, you know, uh, as far as Coastal Division and all that goes. These games, a lot of times, these uh, out-of-conference games played on the road early in the season um, can have a, a, a magnified importance to a program. And, and I think the staff is looking at this game in that way. Well, I'm going to use Tommy's favorite phrase and say that this is about as close to a must-win as you can get, um, just based upon everything that you said there, Buck. So in line with that, talk about the offense. There was a big topic of discussion on the message board about OC3 and play calling, and was Coach Fedora going to take that over completely, or what was the breakdown going to be? With the first game of the season, how deep in the playbook do you think that the coaching staff is going to be willing to go? Because Cal's a good opponent. You know, I don't think UNC is going to be able to go completely vanilla here. I think they are going to have to, you know, go a little bit maybe outside what you would hope to do in a first game. But with the opponents that Carolina has coming up after Cal, you know, do you think that Larry's going to show more than he would normally from his bag of tricks? Well, you know, uh, the way I look at it is um, quite often, all uh, a lot of times these things boil down to matchups. Um, and with against California, here's kind of um, what I think is the book on their defense. Uh, and, you know, Justin Wilcox is the guy that replaced uh, Sonny Dykes at California last year. And, um, you know, he's a, came from Wisconsin. Very, he was a defensive coordinator there, very defensive-minded guy. And the, the book on uh, their defense, when you're talking about North Carolina's offense and what they're going to do and what they're going to try to do and what they need to do and all those sorts of things, the the way I think that they'll approach it in this particular matchup is that the one area where the California defense is vulnerable, they run a 3-4 defense, and they are extremely conservative. They uh, do not like to give up explosive plays. Um, they went uh, in the uh, advanced stats metric, the explosive plays metric uh, with Bill Connolly. Uh, they went from 109 and ranked in, in giving up explosive plays uh, in 2016 under Sonny Dykes and his staff to 43rd um, last year uh, under Justin Wilcox. They play a very conservative style of defense. They don't like to give up the big plays. They're going to keep everything in front of them. But the the people that found success against California, and the thing to note about that is now North Carolina has a year's worth of tape on uh, how Justin Wilcox implements his program across the board. The, the way to counter the approach that California takes on defense is – those five, six, four, five, six yards of running the ball up the middle because the three, four deep defense is not exactly designed to stop that. Um, and so I would expect in this particular game, um, if I were calling it and there's a reason that I'm not calling it and Larry Fedora is, but if it were me, I would heavily rely on, on running the ball and I would uh, try to take as big a load off of Nathan Elliott as I possibly could and and put the um, the burden of the offense on the running backs and the the offensive line they, they're going to need to establish themselves early anyway let's go in trying to stay on the field Go hurry up, no huddle, all you want to. Go as fast as you want to, but run the ball between the tackles. Get those yards that the California Bears defense is known to want to give to you. So 
as opposed to, you know, what percentage of the playbook are you going to utilize in the game? I would say in, I'd look at it in terms of the matchup and in the matchup against Cal Bears, what they're going to want to do is try to concentrate and keep the ball on the ground, getting those five, six, seven yard gains on the ground and staying on the field. I, I think that's the, the approach that that is uh, the best one in this particular contest. So let's dig into that a little bit more, Buck. But first, when you're sitting there and you're needing a quick, easy, delicious lunch, or you need an easy tailgate option for your, your friends and family, who are you going to turn to? Well, Jersey Mike's of Chapel Hill is your place to go for those answers. They offer quick sandwiches or an easy and efficient tailgating option. Charlie Clinton Griffin, who are guys at Jersey Mike's subs of Chapel Hill, are UNC fans and local residents who love the Tar Heels. They have partnered with Inside Carolina to offer a great deal for the IC Podcast listeners. Right now, Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill is offering IC Podcast listeners 15% off of your orders with the code HEELS15. Now, this is an online promotion only, so you have to go to jerseymikes.com backslash order and enter your order there and enter the promo code HEELS15 at checkout. You can select the locations nearest to you which are four of them in the Chapel Hill area. So think about this. When you're coming into Chapel Hill for game day with a family or a group of friends, you can place your order online ahead of time and stop at one of those Jersey Mike's locations to get your sub and then head on to the game. So skip the line, head straight to the register, grab your food, and you're on your way. Do it today, place that online order, and it's for that super easy process. There's no denying that Jersey Mike subs are delicious, so take advantage of this deal and support the IC podcast. And again, that's Heels15 at jerseymikes.com backslash order. Good stuff, John. You got me hungry. And I can promise you, if and Buck, you'll be down in Bowles Lot with us this year for these home football games. I promise you one day there'll be some Jersey Mike's subs down there that have taken advantage of this order. Uh, so come out, see Buck, see Tommy in the bowls lot, have fun, have some Jersey mics. But let's get back to Cal's defense and North Carolina's offense. And this is something that's sort of I've thought about a lot, and I wanted to ask you about it specifically, is I think you're right. North Carolina's got to approach it, got to go um, 10, 11, 12, 13, 15 play drives, possibly, uh, because – they don't have that over-the-top deep threat, and they hadn't really had that, or at least proven. Now, we've got some guys uh, that we've seen in practice that may can do that now. Um, but your thoughts on that, because it seems like since uh, injuries plagued Trubisky's last year, the deep passing game has really struggled. Hollins gets hurt, um, and then North Carolina has to do the four, five, six yards in a cloud of dust type offense, and they haven't been able to consistently do it. So my question is, is this the year they finally can, Buck? And what have you seen and heard thus far that makes you believe they can get that done? Well, uh, the uh, I think the, there's a misconception there in that um, just because you're focused on taking what the, the Cal Bears defense is going to give you, that you you're not going to be looking for those explosive plays or they're not in your wheelhouse. And, you know, I do think there's a couple of guys on the, and they're, they're both true freshmen though, that are uh, capable of being very explosive in this offense. Uh, we're talking about Diami Brown and uh, Antoine Green and, and Brown and Green both have, have a little length and like Mac Hollins had, and they've got a little speed. I'm not sure either one of them has Mac Holland speed, but I think they've got uh, a, enough speed to force coverages to respect what they might be able to do deep, which is going to loosen up things underneath. Um, so, uh, and the other piece of that is that if you're having, and I wrote about this um, you know, earlier this week, the the misconception is on the success rate, and we've talked about this. Uh, maybe in the past, but um, the success rate under you know the the typical stat is uh, you want to get half of your yardage necessary for a first down on first down. So 
if it's first and 10, you want to get at least five yards on first down. Uh, second down, you want 70% of the yards necessary for a first down. That's so you want to leave yourself a third and three situation. You never want to put yourself in a passing down situation. So if North Carolina can do that by playing into the hand that Cal is going to deal them, then the longer they stay on the field, the better opportunity they will have for one of those explosive plays. It's, it's kind of a numbers game. If you've got, um, if you can have a 10 or 12 play drive, there might be, you know, one or two plays in that uh, 12 play drive where you could hit a big play. If you're doing a three and out, the, the odds of you hitting a big play on the three and out aren't great. So you just give yourself more opportunities for big plays, the better uh, you're able to stay on the field. So um, I don't think, I think North Carolina has more deep threat options this year than they had last year. I don't think there's any question about that. Um, how often they go to that, uh, go to that well remains to be seen. But in, in, in terms of the steady, you know, grind of the, of the play calling on Saturday, they're better off on the road to try to focus on taking what the Cal defense is going to give you. Now, if Cal wants to all of a sudden, you know, load the box up and, and, and try to stop North Carolina's running game, then things change. And that's the in-game adjustment piece that we always talk about. But if Cal follows their normal plan on defense, the way to attack that is to try to get between the tackles and, and take those uh, medium-length runs all the way down the field. Um, and... You know, that's the approach that they're going to have to take, I believe, on Saturday. So let's flip it then to the defense, Buck. We heard from defensive coordinator John Papuchis about how they've really been trying to install more aggressive-style packages. He talked about really hitting the gaps and kind of not waiting to see what the offense is going to do, but having guys really, you know, just go all out as much as they can Last season, when the Cal Bears came in and beat up on Carolina a little bit there in the second half, I mean, they were kind of moving the ball at will for a lot of that time, and it was disheartening to see. I think the someone said on Inside Carolina, it might have been in your column or something that Greg had put up, that basically Cal's quarterback had his best yards per attempt against Carolina. What do you think is going to change this season? Well, for starters, uh, number one, they've got more tape on uh, the Cal offense. Uh, you know, last year when Cal came into Keenan Stadium, Justin Wilcox was a first-year head coach. He had an offensive coordinator named Bo Baldwin, who was the head coach at Eastern, Eastern Washington and was in charge of the offense uh, at California, and they went into that game blind. They had no idea what uh, the Cal offense was going to try to do, what kind of strategy they were going to take. They knew nothing about it. And I think Cal took advantage of that. And, and you know, it wasn't necessarily the uh, death by a thousand cuts with uh, Cal last year. They had three plays that went for over 40 yards uh, in the passing game. And the rest of the year, that didn't happen. Uh, the, their explosive plays, pretty much, they got against UNC. The rest of the year, they didn't have nearly as many, from a frequency standpoint, explosive plays as they did against UNC. And North Carolina took a step back last year in terms of um, being able to prevent explosive plays. Um, in, in 2016, for example, uh, North Carolina was 53rd in a nation in terms in the, now Bill Cowley has a weird uh, designation for how to define explosive plays and it, he calls it 
ISO PPP plus. Now that's a mouthful, but all that means is defensive uh, on the defensive side of the ball is how good you are at limiting other people's explosive plays. Well, in, in 2016, North Carolina was 53rd in the nation. That's not great, but it's also not horrible. Uh, last year, they slipped to 88. So they slipped, you know, 35 spots in allowing explosive plays. I think partially that's due to a more aggressive attitude on the part of uh, defensive coordinator John Papuchas. But this year, they're in the second year of that scheme, maybe. Uh, they're not going to they'll they'll narrow the gap between playing more aggressively and limiting explosive plays. So we'll see what happens. I don't like the fact that Aaron Crawford is going to miss this game. Um, I, I really expected uh, Crawford to have a huge year. everybody expected him to have a huge year. Um, and I don't like the fact that he's going to miss this game. So you know other people are going to have to step up, but the bottom line is that North Carolina really knows more about what the Cal offense is going to try to do. And, and they really dialed it back, you know, from the Sonny Dykes, you know, uh, era of, I mean, they led the PAC 12 in uh, total offense yards in the year he got fired. Uh, they averaged 513 yards a, a game. Last year, under Justin Wilcox, they only averaged 384 yards per game. It, it, Cal does not base their – they don't hang their hat on having an explosive offense. So North Carolina has to uh, – and, and Fedora is uh, pretty almost um, monotonous in, in saying that they don't have to be superhuman against – Cal's offense. Cal's offense is not designed to be something that gives you a huge headache and something that you have to, you know, worry yourself to death to defeat. You just have to do your job. You don't have to be, you know, have your Superman cape on. You just have to go out there and do your job. And they're not going to uh, necessarily beat you with just their offense. So, I would expect North Carolina's defense to try to be very assignment oriented, uh, do what they need to do, and and try to prevail in that way against uh, Cal's offense. It's interesting you mentioned. If folks forget, Jared Goff played at Cal, uh, Cal what, three years ago and set all sorts of records out there. Um, but you're right; they they are a different offense. But I was looking at the Golden Bear report and checking out just to see what they're saying about the ball game. And one of the questions was, what facet of this UNC team will challenge the Bears and then and vice versa? And for Carolina facing Cal's offense, they're going to have to stop. And they talked about this. They have to stop the inside run game. And the first player they mentioned, Buck, is Aaron Crawford. So – his absence is huge for this North Carolina team, but I believe they've got some talent. Just speak to the talent that they have there. And I think for this North Carolina team in this game, I think it's won or lost on the defensive line. Your thoughts there? Well, you know, that, that that's true. I mean, they've got some players that they can use on the interior. The interior of the defense is actually probably um, the deepest part of the defense. Uh, you know, they've got Jalen Dalton, who has been, you know, they have been kind of soft peddling his return uh, since the, uh, last year, uh, keeping him out of practices and, and just kind of uh, soft peddling all of that. But but reports are that he's back 100 percent. So Dalton will be available. Jeremiah Clark, he started games as a true freshman. I mean, when he was a true freshman, as hard as that is to believe. Uh, Jeremiah Clark, I think, started two or three games as a true freshman. He's there. Now he's a senior. Uh, Jason Strobridge, um, another player that you know, a lot of people have been raving about uh, going back to spring ball and even through fall camp. Uh, you know, they can move Tyler Powell inside if they have to. Uh, they have some options there on the interior um, that – can help mask the the fact that, that Crawford's out. I'd much rather have Crawford there because I think Crawford 
you know, could have a, you know, an, I'm not going to say an all ACC kind of year, but he would be in the conversation, you know, for at least second team or third team honors somewhere in that area. I think he's got that kind of talent. Um, I hate that he's missing the game. I think that works to North Carolina's disadvantage, but they do have some depth there on the interior. Um, and so we'll just have to see how that plays out. You know, John talked about Jersey Mike's earlier and made me hungry. Now I'm going to talk about uh, what folks missed for the cow trip and talk about Hills travel. You know, earlier in the uh, fall, we talked about Hills travel going to the cow game. You still got an opportunity uh, to take advantage of some of these great deals that Hills travel offers. They partnered with inside Carolina, simple, easy travel to UNC away games. Chuck Joyce, president of Away to Go Travel, Greensboro native, diehard Carolina fan. And he wanted to find a better, easier, more efficient way for Carolina fans to get to games. And for me and for the regular folks that like to go to away games, nothing's better than easy and simple. Buck, I think you'll agree there. So right now, Hills Travel selling packages to get you to the East Carolina game on September 8th and to Virginia on October 27th. Both are bus trips, leave from Chapel Hill, take you straight to the stadium, and straight back safely after the game's over. Make the process easy. Ride with other diehard UNC fans and don't worry about parking or have to drive. Visit hillstravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book. And also, this is a big deal. Hills Travel's offering packages to UNC basketball's trip to Las Vegas over the Thanksgiving weekend. No better way to spend the holiday than watching the Tar Heels play two games in the desert and enjoy everything Las Vegas has to offer. The package includes round-trip airfare from RDU, round-trip transportation from the airport to the hotel, and three nights at the Aria Resort and Casino. Visit hillstravel.com now or call 336-855-0060 to book your trip now. Buck. There's going to be quite a few North Carolina fans out there in California that I think has taken, have taken advantage of Hills travel. And I think all you guys will have a great trip and a great time out there. I, I would recommend, especially uh, taking advantage of the uh, Virginia thing, because if you've ever been to Charlottesville, not the easiest place to park. It's not the easiest place to get around in. It's uh, it, an on campus, um, uh, you know, football stadium. And so there's, you know, um, many opportunities to uh, get jammed up in terms of, you know, finding your way around and making your way to the stadium, getting dropped off at the, at the stadium would be awesome. Um, so, you know, I, I would highly recommend that Virginia trip. That'd be a really sweet deal. I think. Indeed. And you let somebody else do the driving, the world of opportunity becomes so much bigger for fun on, on road game trips. But let me ask you a couple more questions about this cow matchup for North Carolina. Your thoughts, and we hadn't really talked to you a ton in this preseason, but your thoughts maybe on a defensive player uh, that we hadn't talked about much here and otherwise that may show himself against cow to be a key member of this squad. I think, I'm all about the trenches. I've mentioned uh, the defensive line in this podcast, how I think it is key and paramount for a win. But the the best player or the most surprised player maybe doesn't come from that unit. Your thoughts? Well, you know, for me, I think um, I am, I'm, I feel good about the defensive line. I feel better if when Aaron Crawford comes back. Um, and I feel okay about the defensive secondary. You know, there, there's some experienced players back there. You know, um, J.K. Britt, uh, J.K. Uh, K.J. Sales, Miles Thorne, Miles Warford. I mean, these these are guys that have been in the program. You know, they they know their you know how to get to the you know the canteen and back and to the training table and back. You know, they know where everything is. Um, I I. I feel okay about those groups and what I'd like to feel better about is the linebacker group. And 
uh, inside Carolina has spent a good amount of time talking about the linebackers and who could possibly be um, a breakout player for them there. Uh, a, a lot of good things are being said about John Smith and um, that he has taken things to a different level in terms of film study and knowing his opponent and all those kind of things, the intangibles that go into this, that makes the demarcation line between a good player and a great player. And, you know, so I would think that somebody in the linebacker room, be it a John Smith, a Jeremiah Gimmel, a Dominic Ross, um, you know, somebody in that room uh, or a couple of people in that room to take that next step and, and to really provide some of the kind of uh, linebacking support that quite honestly has been lacking, you know, in, in the last several years. You, you, um, you look at, you know, Andre Smith going down last year and then John Smith, he gets, you know, pushed into action and, uh, you know, some, some other, I think, issues that they've had with uh, you know, linebacking support, you know, in the Fedora era. Um, it would be nice to see somebody in that room or a couple people in that room to, to take that next step. And I think then that, um, you know, given what they have on the D line and given the uh, level of experience and talent, I think that they have on the back end, uh, somebody from the linebacker room and, and the other, uh, player I would, uh, or a couple players I would throw out there. Um, is whoever uh, settles into that nickelback role, whether it's Bryson Richardson or Trey Morrison, um, that player has to emerge and, and be uh, a good, reliable player for North Carolina because they're going to be facing teams that, you know, they're going to need that nickel performer there to, to do his job and be good at it. So th those would be the, the pieces that I would focus on. Conversely, let's flip other side of the ball. I mean, North Carolina, you know, there was a time with this Larry Fedora offense, and I know people like to say, well, I'm critical or I'm negative. You've said it, um, and you're probably right. But there was a time no. where you, 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 there was a time where you didn't worry about North Carolina scoring points with Larry Fedora at North Carolina, and they would score a bunch. And then last year, I think, sort of changed everything, at least – to me, observing, it's kind of like, well, you know, the offensive line is really important to this offense. The skill positions are really important, but quarterback play um, is hugely important for North Carolina. So I think in this Cal game, I think the most discussion will be Nathan Elliott, Nathan Elliott, Nathan Elliott. But, Buck, I think there are guys that for North Carolina to win, and if they win, I think – they're not going to be named Nathan Elliott, ARW, um, or even, you know, one of the running backs. Your thoughts there? Who do you think steps up on Saturday? Well, you know, um, one of my uh, favorite positions in football at any level, anywhere, um, NFL, college, you name it, is a tight end position. Um, I've always been a huge um uh, fan of the tight end position going back to the Baltimore Colts and uh, Raymond I'm, and I'm drawing a blank on his last name uh, but the tight end position to me is one where you can create matchup problems uh, for the defense that aren't easy to address uh, you take super talented guys in the NFL like uh, Gronkowski or Jimmy Graham, or some of those guys, and there's just no way to to adequately uh, adequately defend them. Well, in, in my estimation, I think that you know somebody like a Carl Tucker um, on offense, who I you know th that guy is really, you know, I thought he was going to have a huge year last year. Uh, he just uh, you know, in the preseason last year, preseason fall camp, I just kept thinking to myself, this guy's just going to really nail it this year. Then he got hurt. Um, and now Brandon Fitz is hurt. Fritz is hurt. And Tucker is going to have to 
shoulder the burden there. I, I'd like to see Carl Tucker uh, get involved early in the offense and make some plays and create some problems for uh, defensive coordinators in terms of how you're going to match up with a guy. Um, so, you know, that's a, an interesting part. But, you know, the I think the overall, you know, what I'm going to be looking at is how does a wide receiver group come together? Because really, if you think about, you know, we um, you know, began to doubt the Larry Fedora offense because of 2017. Well, they had no wide receivers. I mean, they had wide receivers, but they lost Bug Howard. They lost Ryan Switzer. They lost Mac Collins. Then Austin Prowell goes down. Thomas Jackson goes down. And, and Toe Groves go down. And so anybody that was anyone from 2016, 2017 is gone. And then any of the remaining pieces for 2017 get injured. And so that room is just decimated. And so I'm going to be looking to see how those guys and that room comes together early and becomes more of a force than it was in 2017. ARW came along and no question, he is a phenomenal talent. And uh, the, the one, one of the days that I was at uh, fall camp this year, just watching the wide receivers and the quarterbacks interact, ARW would just make a game out of trying to catch the ball with one hand sometimes. And he can do it. I mean, you know, he he can catch the ball with one hand, either hand. Uh, it's almost like watching a, a rock star band back in the day play the guitar with their teeth. I mean, they can he can do anything. Um, so I'd like to see that room establish itself early and particularly on Saturday, yeah, 2017, we didn't do well on offense and we didn't have the pieces of the puzzle, but we're back. We're back. The freaks are back. And you're just going to have to deal with us from here on now. And I think that's possible. We'll see. Let's take a quick commercial break and then we'll wrap things up, Buck. I've got one final question for you. So we'll be right back after these messages. Some brands offer you low finance, or cashback, or servicing. Renault don't do ors. We do ands. The Renault Kajar with 1.91% APR and €1,000 cashback and three years servicing, saving you thousands. Renault, the brand with the ands. Visit your local Renault dealer. Finance is made under a higher purchase agreement. Terms and conditions apply. Deposit required. Subject to lending criteria. See Renault.ie. And we're back here. All right, Buck, so I wanted to actually get in one quick comment. You know, I think Tommy's just sad that going into this California game, he doesn't know who his favorite player on the team yet is, which is, of course, the backup quarterback hasn't been named. I mean, Tommy, I don't know whose jersey you're going to be buying for this one, man. <laughs> to be determined. Buck, Buck will uh, Buck will figure it out on Saturday and then and send me the heads up so I can get it purchased before a kickoff. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's that's really low hanging fruit there, John. Uh, <laughs> it is, but I mean, uh, you know, yeah. I, I had but, to. You know, go yeah, ahead. go ahead. Well, one thing I was going to say is that uh, for this podcast, I think it's appropriate to note that uh, the three of the guys that are uh, on this podcast all have been hosts for the IC radio show uh, for the first couple of years I hosted every show and, and then I twisted Tommy's arm and forced him into the job. Um, and then uh, last year we brought John in and now he's hosting shows. So uh, the listeners out there, you've got the benefit of listening to three people that have hosted the IC radio show in the past. And uh, Tommy's still glass half empty. And uh, his, his favorite player is still the backup quarterback yet to be named. Uh, so uh, we'll just see how that goes. Maybe he can get an app that uh, he can take a picture of, uh, you know, any player and superimpose uh, the number on them or whatever. So got my print. I got my screen print here. I got my there blank jerseys with screen print. 
There you go. There you go. <laughs> I could just see you now. Yeah, the, the closet of of blank UNC jerseys in Tommy's house. Yeah, madman printing jerseys. Uh, Cade Fortin, Jace Reuter, uh, you know, Chasserat. Is, uh, I got to figure it out. You know, they're not cheap. There you go. Buck, well, Buck, I was... Buck, John, let me steal one more question from Buck before um, he gets mad at me. And, <laughs> you know, when you come home. I never from... get mad at you, Tommy. I never get mad at you. <laughs> yeah, we're going to keep it light. And I'm going to kind of circle back to the beginning. And I didn't mean to cut you, John. He was. He was talking about how we're all hosts. We're all hosts, but none of us are guests, so we all step on each other, and that's just how it goes sometimes. There you go. Um, yeah. Best road trip, you think? Or, or what, where do you rank this on the road trips as far as – and I know we're still a few days from Saturday, but you know, as far as the trip for you and Mrs. Butt, where do you put this on your uh, list of, of Carolina football road trips? You know, that's an interesting question, Tommy, and, and I hadn't really thought about it until you asked it, but, you know, uh, I'd have to sit back and think about it, but I'd rank it really way up there. Uh, you know, I, in, in just in terms of California, um, I love the, this region of uh, California much better than I do uh, the concrete jungle of, of L.A. Um, so, um, you know, it uh, the weather is just unbelievable um and the you know the attractions uh cuisine you, any kind of food that you want in the world is here um the cosmopolitan nature of it um you know the scenery is gorgeous you know you can go to Muir woods and look at you know trees that have been around for you know, two, three hundred years or whatever, and just uh, there's just so much to do and see here. Um, so you know, I'd, I'd rank it pretty high. Um, I'd, I'd have to really think about another place, uh, another road trip, and I've been on quite a few of them, as you well know, uh, that would rank up there. Uh, traditional pro programs like uh, it's a kick, you know, to go to uh, Norman, Oklahoma, and uh, which, in contrast to uh, Berkeley, Norman, Oklahoma knows how to have a college bar. You know, they've got college bars in Norman, Oklahoma that will put to shame anything there's here in Berkeley. Um, and, you know, uh, I've been to uh, Texas and Austin's a great city. Um, and, you know, the, the Texas Stadium is a great place to, to watch a game. So, you know, there's a lot of uh, you know opportunities there to or different places that I could put up there, but you know that this would be right there at the top. I would say, you know, um, I'd have to think about it more, but it'd be hard to to put another road trip um, ahead of this one. I would think. All right, let me go ahead and jump in here, Tommy. If you don't mind, can I have the honor of asking Buck the final question for this podcast? You can, and, and and as you ask that question, Buck, I'm uh, sending a link to our personal or our private um, chat group with all the best bars in Berkeley, and uh, so maybe you guys can hit them before the game on Saturday. Have well, you know, in, in Norman, Oklahoma, you don't need a list. You just <laughs> You just need a pair of shoes is all you need. There you go. All right, Buck. I wanted to ask your thoughts real quick. Antonio Williams, the running back, what are you hoping to see from him in this offense on Saturday? You know, uh, I, I do think that uh, he has an opportunity, based on all the other discussion that we've had so far, you know, during this podcast, to really make a statement early in his uh, UNC uh, era of football. Uh, because I think he is the, you know, the right back, the right size, the right attitude, the right um, situationally um, running back to have a really good day against the Cal Bears. He's the kind of guy that, you know, he might not light you up for, you know, 40 or 50 yards like a Michael Carter can occasionally do, uh, but he, he – can be a guy that can gash you for six, seven, eight yards consistently 
And, and you know, so I, I do think he has an opportunity to have a really big day um, here in uh, Berkeley, California. But we'll we'll have to see how he takes advantage of that. Good stuff, Buck. Appreciate you joining, John. I know it was last minute. Mike, we missed you. We'll talk to you later in the week. Buck, you and Mrs. Buck have a great and safe trip. I look forward to hearing all the scoop and the inside stuff from out there. I know it's a great trip. I know you guys are having a blast, and we'll have a blast. And we'll talk again on Sunday, Buck. You, me, and Jason Staples, we'll talk about this ball game that now is a couple days away that we've talked about for almost seven or eight months. So should be a fun time. Thanks, guys. Well, let me let me throw one last thing in there, Tommy. <laughs> right. one, one, one last thing. Um, you know, we're going to have a uh, giveaways for um, football season, starting with the, the Central Florida game. We're going to send uh, two tickets to some uh, Inside Carolina guy uh, for the Central Florida game. And uh, you'll have the opportunity to, you know, hang out with uh, Tommy and I, um, you know, for, the, for that game. And, and that's how we're going to do it all year. Uh, as Tommy said, we're going to be in the Bulls lot with some Jersey Mike sandwiches and, uh, and have fun uh, the entire season. So we're looking forward to it and uh, looking forward to meeting some uh, Inside Carolina subscribers in uh, uh, 2018. Uh, so it's going to be a fun year one way or the other it, absolutely one way or other and uh, what Buck didn't mention is uh, those are some pretty good seats primo seats in Keenan Stadium and uh, I have seen evidentiary proof that uh, the blue seats are in that section so you'll have to enter the giveaways to win them and hang out with Buck and me I Buck is the legend. I'm just the guy that'll be hanging around, uh, eating the food and drinking the drinks. And Guys, be on the shoulder. Yeah, asking for free stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to wrap this and we'll go on forever. Thanks, guys. Thank you, Tommy. Thanks, John, Tommy. Enjoyed it. Thanks, Buck. Thanks for listening to the Inside Carolina podcast, presented by Jersey Mike Subs of Chapel Hill. Get 15% off your online order with the promo code HEELS15. Go to jerseymikes.com slash order now.